All right, we're live. Hello, everyone. This is the Late Morning Program with Namras Podcast. This is episode 36. Uh, is astrology bona fide? I'm here. I'm honored and deeply, uh, yeah, deeply honored to have uh, Dr. Radhikesh Prabhu. Thank you for joining us, Prabhu. Hare Krishna. My Hare Krishna. Right uh, so Dr. Radhikesh Prabhu is a um, astrologer. And he's going to tell us a little bit about astrology, his journey with astrology, um, what Srila Prabhupada said on astrology, different questions that people and devotees in particular may have about astrology. So thank you for joining me, Prabhu. I really appreciate it. Uh, I have a lot of um, faith in astrology and, I, and I'd like to also share, um, I'd like you to share also like the different myths and the thing, mis misconceptions people may have about astrology. So I'd like to start out maybe with um, your personal journey on astrology. Tell us a little bit about how you got into astrology. Wow. Okay. So my family has been doing astrology for generations. Uh, my grandfather, his father, you know, for generations back in India, they were all Ayurvedic doctors and astrologers. So some of my earliest memories from childhood are, you know, people coming over and them creating a birth chart and talking to them about different things that are going on in their life and how to resolve them. And I was always fascinated by it. So they would teach me a few things here and there as we went along. Uh, so it always kept my interest. And then, you know, I, uh, with going to medical school and all these other things, it took up a lot of my uh, time. But what happened that really brought me back deeper into studying astrology is that, um, in 2012, uh, I um, got diagnosed with a very serious illness, something that could be terminal for someone. At that time, I was 40 years old, uh, never had a problem in my life, very active. And I was, you know, I had three small children, all of this. I was, uh, it was a shock out of nowhere. These are the things, unfortunately, we all know that happen in the material world. And I went to see my own astrologer. And he said, oh, no, don't worry about this. This will be gone in a few years. It's not a problem. And as a physician, I was like, wait a minute. That's not possible. This type of disease, you end up on, you know, serious medicines. It's, it transforms you into a very unhealthy person because of the medicines you have to take. Um, and I was just like, wow, this is like, you know, unbelievable. Right. And then, you know, you question that and you, we all go through when difficulties happen. We all have our journey in a Krishna consciousness when that happens. So lo and behold, five years later, it was gone. It literally went away. And but just right from the beginning, when he told me that and explained it, and I understood enough of astrology at that point, that I was like, OK, he's right. This does make sense. Hmm. Um, so over at that time, I started studying astrology much more deeply and with an intensity uh, that I didn't have for many things at that time. Right. Um, and uh, that's how it began. And since then, as I've seen my knowledge of astrology by Krishna's grace increase, uh, and I've been able to help other people with their uh, problems, it's like what... I grew up with in my childhood has come full circle that I see how much value it has in people's lives, how accurate it is in helping people and how accurate is we, it was for me 
in my personal journey um, mm. where I went from being bewildered and shocked and worried about, you know, whether I was going to be alive in two years to uh, seeing life in a very different and transformative way and understanding at a very deep and personal level our relationship with the universe, our relationship with Krishna. And I would say I understood it in a far deeper way um, because of what I went through. Wow. That's amazing. So I know that Srila Prabhupada, the, the, the main kind of quote that people say about Srila Prabhupada's uh, um, view on astrology is that he said that if you know it's going to rain, then bring an umbrella. Yes, that is correct. Right. So can you tell us a little bit about like maybe if you did your research on, on what Prabhupada said about astrology and, and, and perhaps um, how devotees should look at it? Absolutely. Absolutely. So Srila Prabhupada, um, one of the very early times that he spoke about it was May 3rd, 1969 at uh, Arlington Street Church in Boston. Somebody asked a question about astrology and Srila Prabhupada said, astrology is a science. He said, like law, like medicine, like engineering, as long as you have a body, it can be useful. So this wow. is a very powerful quote. Um, Basically, astrology is a science like chemistry and physics and everything else, but it's a subtle science. So like in physics, you know, you have like Newton's laws, force equals mass times acceleration, or you have E equals MC squared. You have these different formulas for creating things. Astrology is the same way. It has its laws. It had its rules, but it's at the subtle level. So it's much deeper and it requires a more subtle level of interpretation to understand. Mm. But there's rules that, you know, certain planets behave in certain ways, certain nakshatras behave in certain ways. So that all has to be understood. But the key is for our material life, it's a tool. So Brobad's analogy of, you know, if it's going to rain, you take an umbrella yeah. um, is, is perfect because this is basically a weather forecast for your life. It's a roadmap of the different things that are gonna happen in your life. And you can use that as a guide in your material life. Uh, Prabhupada also spoke um, in Srimad Bhagavatam 112.29 about astrology being a science. In uh, 10.8.5, he says, use it to help understand your children, uh, which is also very important. I definitely wanna talk more about that because it's very sure. for kids. Uh, right. Journey of Self-Discovery, Chapter 7, Prabhupada says you can use astrology to help understand your own inclinations. Um, of course, there are times with specific devotees, he says, don't use it for yourself or don't waste your money. That's one time in Lila Murta, Chapter 54, where he's talking to Hari right. Sorry, and then, uh, or sorry, Prabhu. And then when he's talking to Devamaya Devi Dasi, 1975, he said, you know, avoid astrologers, but for the most, I think those are two specific people, mm. but overarchingly in my understanding is that uh, it's very good to use as a tool to help your material life. Just like if you're injured, you would go to a doctor or right. you, know, you would uh, have a legal problem, you would go to a lawyer, that that type of thing. So, so you're saying that like an astrologer, like such as yourself, you could kind of basically map out someone's life and tell them 
okay, you're going to have maybe some issue at this time, or you'll have some success at this time. So is that something that the astrologer would do? Exactly. So this is something, one of the most common things I do is a birth chart. So like when somebody is born, you know, the family will come and say, for our child, can you create a chart? Or later in their life, they say, I, I need my chart interpreted. And when you do that, you can see, um, you know, the good and bad periods in their life. So you can see, oh, this is a good time for you to get married. This is probably when you'd have children. This will be a time of heavy mental stress. And between the birth chart and the yearly chart, you can get that actually to within uh, a few days of when those events are actually going to happen, sometimes to the exact day. Wow, yeah. uh, I've been able to tell people, yes, this is the day this type of thing is going to happen in your life. Be careful on this particular day. Uh, I actually had one of my um, clients, this was about a month, month ago, and I told him this one particular day is going to be very, very heavy for you. Uh, be careful, especially related to your job. Uh, and that's the day he lost his job. Wow. But then, you know, we talked again, and then you can say, okay, don't worry, in another three weeks or four weeks, you're going to find another one. Things are going to get back on track. This is not anything that's a big problem. So you can see good things that are going to happen. You see the bad things going to happen. But the importance is that it helps give you clarity. It helps give you a timeline that, okay, this is going on in my life, but at this point it's going to go away or it's going to get better. Or And if it's not going to get better, you can also, you know, very clearly tell them that, no, I don't think this problem is going to improve with what you're doing. Let's see what else can be done. Mm. So astrology can be used in so many different ways. Um, but this is one of, the, one of the ways we can use it. Big thing to understand in astrology is that all these planets that we talk about, Jupiter, Saturn, all these, these are people. These are personalities. Like wow. Jupiter is Brihaspati from the Srimad Bhagavatam. People may have heard of Rahu and Ketu. Rahu and Ketu are from the Srimad Bhagavatam. This from the churning of the milk ocean. If you read uh, Eighth Canto, Chapter Eight, Chapter Nine, you can read the whole story of how Rahu and Ketu came into being. Right. Venus, Shukracharya, you know, Mars, Mercury. They're all. These are all people. They're all personalities, and they're doing their duty. They're fulfilling their dharma by giving us good and bad things in our life. Wow. Uh, so this is the very personal nature of astrology. And it also tells us that each and every one of us, each person is guided by so many others. Through Krishna, we have all these other personalities who are helping us, whether through giving us good things or bringing us bad things, all of that we can use to become deeper in our own spiritual life. Right. Um, when you talk about when you said about that, what Srila Prabhupada said, how to understand your children or, or how to relate with your children using astrology. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, this is a really um, fascinating subject. And this is one people contact me for all the time. Hmm. You know, we may have, we all, if you have children, there are times that you don't get along with them or there's arguments going on or you're like, hey, you know, this kid, I don't understand what he's thinking. Why is he doing things this way or why his nature right. is like this? You know, that happens to all of us uh, with our children, with our spouses, too. Um, it happens. Um, so what the astrological chart does, when you look at it, you see 
a predominant influence of certain varnas, of certain castes or certain modes, whether your child has more of a Brahminical nature or Kshatriya nature, if there's someone who is going to uh, respond well to love or they need you need to be a little more strict with them. So a perfect example I use, and this comes up with a lot of people, is if you have a child who's cancer rising or cancer in their moon sign, which represents the mind, people who are cancer, for them to feel loved, for they need appreciation and they need praise. Uh, if you give them gifts or you try to force them to do things, they're going to hate it. Mm. They're not going to respond well to that. And this is something that I come across quite a bit is where parents are like, you know, this happened actually a couple of weeks ago, every probably once every couple of months, I get one like this where people will come, my child is doing this, I'm doing that. I'm trying to, you know, discipline him. But if their cancer rising, I'll say, look, talk to them with love. Whenever they do something, just praise them and appreciate the things that they're doing. And you will see them transform because right now they're not feeling like you love them. Right. So it's like, so important and this is based on their own nature and you can change the way you respond to them and they'll change the way you, they respond to you and this creates just a more harmonious family situation like you'll have some kids who are they'll have a strong mars tendency a very strong kshatriya nature hmm. uh, they need to be mars is a warrior you know it's kartikeya the younger brother of ganesh so they need to be involved in uh, physical activities, you, you know, sports, those kind of things, working in the garden, any of that, doing a lot of outdoors type work. Those type of kids will respond much more to that than if you ask them to sit inside and, you know, read a book for three hours or something like that. They're not going to like it as much. So right. understanding the nature of your own children allows you to engage them in their own spiritual life in a way that fits very well with them right so like as a devotee we hear that uh you know krishna is the you know the leader or he's the he's the ruler of all these planets like he's he they all submit to him so in that way how does a devotee relate because they might say someone might say i don't need to think about all those things and i don't need to worry about all those things because i am a devotee of krishna and 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 Rahu and Jupiter and everyone is is, is is submissive to Krishna. So so what would you say to like my question basically is in a life of a devotee in a life of a sadhaka how does astrology relate? So that's a very good question. That do I need to worry about anybody other than Krishna? Do I need to think about anything else? If I have a problem, why do I need to worry about Jupiter or, or Rahu or anything like that? It's similar to if you break your arm, do you go to the doctor or do you just say, Krishna, fix it? No, you you'd will go to the doctor and you will try to get it fixed or you have a legal problem. You'll find a lawyer or marriage counsel, you know, whatever it right. may be. For devotees, Krishna absolutely controls everything. He helps us in everything. And you can turn to Krishna for everything. That's what Prabhupada has taught us. But this is a tool for your material life. When I do charts of devotees and non-devotees, um, the accuracy is there. Krishna can intervene and change things. Uh, but in general, uh, things stay pretty well as expected throughout our life astrologically. Um, 
when we see that oh, this is going to be a good period, that's what comes. But devotees see the good and the bad as the mercy of Krishna, and they use all of it in his service. That's where the difference comes in. Mm -hmm. So devotees, I generally will not tell them that, okay, you're having a problem with Saturn, let's do a prayer to Saturn. Uh, no, it's not necessary. You can certainly turn to Krishna for your material and your spiritual needs. Um, but understand that this is just a tool to help your material life go along a little better. Right. So I guess I guess my next question would be like, how does one strike a balance when it comes to astrology? Because we can get too into it. You can get like, you know, like you said, um, doing a puja for Saturn or doing, you know, uh, going to uh, South India and doing a yug, this kind of yagya or something I've heard of some astrologers say, so, or, or someone who's saying that, no, I don't want to deal with it at all. Like, I don't care about it. So like, how does one strike a balance, I would say? So the balance is struck similar to, you know, if you get a weather forecast, for example, you know, and okay, it's going to rain, I'm going to use my umbrella. But it doesn't mean that without checking the weather forecast, you can't just go outside and walk and, and live your life. So I think for the most important things in life, it's very valuable, or you're having difficulties or troubles. But no, it, it doesn't have to be that, oh, okay, I want to take a walk outside. Let me make sure the deer's on the right side. And this isn't, no, that, <laughs> right. that's not really necessary, especially right. in the life of a devotee. Mm. I don't think that's necessary. But for the important things that happen, uh, especially like kids learning what's going on in your own material life, especially, especially when it comes to marriage compatibility. It's so important because that's mm. like the most important thing we do in our life. Uh, and that's a person that hopefully you'll be spending the rest of your years with as a devotee together. And you want to make sure you uh, get along at every level in that regard. So we have to use our intelligence to some degree and that balance is different for everybody because there's some people who um, are unable to um, be as focused on their, let's, that's the best way to say this, some people whose mind is a little more troubled sometimes and they need more guidance to help them. Um, and some people whose are not. Um, I think that's probably the best way to say it. So it's different for everyone, but in general you use your... Uh, uh, use your intelligence as a kind. Right. I want to talk about marriage compatibility, but first I want to say to our viewers, please ask your questions and put them in the comments. And um, probably in the middle of the, of the show or, or, or later, I will um, post them up so we can ask Prabhu about those questions. But let's talk a little bit about marriage, uh, marriage compatibility because I was reading in the Srimad Bhagavatam, Srila Prabhupada actually mentions it in a few purports. Uh, that that's what it was done in the in the old times, in the Vedic times. He said even up till fifty years ago, um, uh, that if if the marriage was not amongst like equals or or maybe kind of equally minded people, then the marriage would not be you know they would not go through with it, and the parents would not go through with it. So. I know I have a lot of friends who are trying to get married and uh, who are all my age and they're all talking about, you know, compatibility and putting a lot of weight on that. So let's talk a little bit about that. Like, so you just, so basically you just get the birth times of both the, you know, prospective husband and wife and you look at the, the, the chart that way. So this, I want to say for everybody out there who's listening, who's thinking about getting married or in a relationship 
This is the most important thing you can do. If you think about it, this is the person you're going to spend your life with materially and spiritually and seeing them every single day. So you want to make sure that you can be happy together uh, at the material level and at the spiritual level. You want to have a wonderful and deep-rooted marriage because a wonderful and deep-rooted marriage is the foundation of Brihasta Ashram. It's the foundation of happiness in your material life. It's a foundation of happiness in your spiritual life. If you chant 64 rounds a day and your spouse is yelling at you all day long, it's going to be very difficult to focus and do things, you know? I mean, on, on both, or then when you have children, if the parents aren't getting along, that's going to affect the children. I mean, so many factors get involved. When I do a uh, marriage compatibility study, I look at 20 different points. Most people are just like, oh, I got, you know, 18, 18 points out of 36 points or whatever, like this. They just know that. Point. But there's so much more to doing a marriage compatibility study. Mm -hmm. When I do a compatibility study, basically we take the, the birth date, the birth time, and the location of both people, and then we make two charts, one for each one. Um, and then the charts are compared in so many different factors. I look at their mental compatibility, their physical compatibility with each other. How are they going to respond psychologically to the way the other person talks to them? How the modes and the casts are present within them. So are they more of a person who's in the mode of passion? Are they more in the mode of ignorance? Are they more in the mode of goodness? Uh, you can't have somebody with a Brahminical nature and somebody with a more shudra nature trying to get married, it can be very difficult. Right. If, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you come home and you want to listen to some kirtan or uh, read Bhagavatam and your partner wants to watch something, you know, sports or something like that. And right. it, it becomes, at some point, it becomes very difficult to, to balance. So that is very important to know. Uh, you can understand by looking at people's charts how they want to be loved and taken care of, how they are going to feel loved. So that way, each partner can respond to them in a way that the other person learns to appreciate each other. Uh, you can learn about how people are going to deal with when they go through difficulties. Will their, uh, when they fight or have difficulties, how are they going to act? Will one have more of a more controlling nature of another? How long the marriage will last? What are the likely problems that can happen in that marriage and how you can avoid those? So there's so many different factors. And then you can look at children through the marriage source, how many children they're going to have, what they're going to be like, all of that. Mm. It's amazing. Through that chart, you can actually see their in-laws, all of that. So you can see even that relationship is going to be like. So there's so many different factors, but that's fundamental to what you're going to be living 40, 50 years or longer, you know, in that marriage. You want to get it right. Right. I mean, I mean, I remember you when you did my chart like a few weeks ago, uh, you told me how my two sons, what their personalities were, even wow. though you haven't met them before, like or anything like that. I was so blown away by that. Like my older son is a certain way. My younger son is a certain way. Like that was even though you weren't even looking at their charts, you were you basically were able to see that, which was really impressive. Um, so I think I would say that. That's really interesting about the compatibility. So for those of us who are already married and maybe who haven't gone through that uh, marriage compatibility before, compatibility 
responsibility before we got married, what would you say to them? Is it still something that they should do even after? Like, let's say you've been in a you know marriage for five, 10 years, maybe 20 years already. Should they still kind of look at it? Is it, is it something valuable? I think it can be depending on the situation. And it depends on what you're looking for. If you're looking to deepen the value of your marriage, you're looking to deepen the level of communication and love you have with each other, and it's not happening after five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, there's still some barriers in that relationship that you wanted this deep loving relationship with your spouse and it's not happening. Or there's some conflicts happening, you know, and with age, different conflicts come when you're early in marriage, different conflicts come when you're later. So for those people, it's uh, important because you learn how to communicate with each other. The best way to, uh, what you learn through, the, through a birth chart and a compatibility study, the best way to understand what each other wants, understand how each other needs to be spoken to, and the general nature of each person. And that makes it so much easier than what you see on the surface. Say, you know what, this person is chanting 16 rounds a day, I'm chanting 16 rounds a day, but I don't like doing it and I feel miserable and there's something else underlying that. And so you can deal with those issues honestly. And that's something I see is that people are afraid. They wanna show this perfect veneer that, oh, my life is so perfect, nobody Mm -hmm. should do it otherwise. But I can tell you, after doing this for years, nobody's life is perfect. In fact, everybody is struggling and in marriage and in everything else that's going on in life. This is the nature of this world. So as people are honest and they open up about that, you can heal those things. And then marriages become so much better. And for some people, you know, after they go through that, this they like, this is the best my marriage has ever been. And the deep issues, because all the superficial things people fight about and such, are really related to much deeper issues that haven't been resolved. Um, A lot of work I do is with life coaching. And in my life coaching work for people, and I do life coaching through astrology. So we'll look at, okay, this is what your astrological chart shows for the next year. These are the issues that are going to come up. Let's talk about them now. And this is how the best way for you to react to them on a material level and a spiritual level that's going to give you the best material response and spiritually allow you to grow. So it's the same thing when we do, when I talk to people about marriage coaching, it's, hey, let's talk about these issues. They're painful, they're difficult, but I guarantee you once we get through those, you're gonna be in a much better place. Right, so like, that's really interesting about the life coaching. So in like a secular life coaching like um, environment, you could say they're kind of just like going on and telling you how you can do better. But with the astrological backing to it, like you're doing, you can actually kind of like prepare someone for what's going to happen in their life. Exactly. So if someone's say going into a bad Saturn period coming up or a Saturn sub period, that's bad for them. Right. Look, you know, in six months, you start the Saturn period. I know you're thinking about, uh, you know, buying a new house right now, but your money is going to be tight for the next three years. Avoid it right now. Just wait. And that you end up seeing that comes to fruition and entering a good period. Like, look, you got this great period coming up ahead of your life. Anything you're thinking about doing will be successful. Now let's talk about how we're going to do that. 
how you're going to get there and how you're going to deal with the great successes that come into your life also. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you can look at, you're kind of coaching them, but you're also able to see exactly what's uh, coming up in their life for the next, you know, I have people who come to me, they, I do a life coach session exact. They want to know what's happening every hour for the next one week or one month. Go through it in that, much detail if people want that you know so people come in on a monthly tell me everything that's happening this month next month and with the yearly charts you can break it up into every few days what's uh, what's going to happen for people and it actually makes life coaching so much more for me it makes it so much more fun so much more valuable because i see when people go through their good times and their bad times but they can deal with it in such a deeper and different way and their coaching is actually at a much deeper level wow that's that's really amazing let's let's talk a little bit about um i want to ask you about like not just now we were talking about birth charts of like specific people but like on a global level is astrology also does it also tell you what's going to happen on a global level to like the world and like covid 19 for example like were we were you able to like uh predict that and other maybe calamities that happened in the past and things like that so can you talk a little bit about that sure uh yes you can look at you can look at birth charts actually for a country or for you know any country you can look at uh if you look at the birth chart for hiroshima at the moment the bomb went off there you Mm -hmm. can heavy influence of mars and uh, i'm sorry of the sun and mars which are the two political planets being involved in that whole issue. If you look at the chart of the United States, the US has been going through a period of Rahu, which is you know chaotic, wild uh, time, uh, a difficult time. Uh, so yes, you can see the birth charts of planets, I'm sorry, of countries, and you can get an idea of what's gonna happen in any particular country. You can do a birth chart for a society like ISKCON, you know, or anything else. Wow. You can see what uh, I won't talk about that. Like <laughs> <laughs> too controversial, but uh, it uh, you can see a lot of different things that are going. So yes, you can do more globally, definitely. Right? Can we talk a little bit? I know I didn't like prep you for this one, but can we talk a little bit about COVID nineteen? Like, yeah. so did you did you see that coming? And and do we see like what's going to happen in the future? I did not look. Okay. At- related to COVID-19, no. But what I can tell you is of the people whose charts I have done who are in difficulty, almost every single one that I'm seeing uh, who are having some financial tightness and it's all related to what's going on, seemingly by the end of the year, everybody's getting kind of back on track. So mm. that, you know, I would say probably by the end of the year, this will be uh, the end, I'm sorry, end of 2021. Okay, end of 2021, okay. Of 2021, people will be in much better shape than they are now. Right, right. Okay. Um, and I know that there's different types of astrological, like Vedic astrological things, like aspects, like you said, you know, birth chart, marriage compatibility. Can you tell us a little bit about Prashna? Yeah. So there definitely is a lot of things you can do. So there's Prashna, which means asking a specific question. So it's like, uh, you know, Namrasapra was sitting in New Jersey and he's wondering, oh, should I do this one particular thing? But he doesn't know when he's born, doesn't know any of that. So at the moment you ask that question, we can create a chart. So you ask that question at 
1.30 Eastern time in New Jersey, you can create a chart for the location you're at. And that birth, that chart is the Prashna chart. And we use that and answer the question in that way. So you can ask specific questions. And some people ask, you know, will I get into medical school? Will I get into law school? Will I pass my board exam? You know, there's so many different things. Should I take this new job? I'm planning a trip. Will I get sick? You know, mm-hmm. do a Prashna chart just to answer that one specific question. And that can be very valuable when you're like, you know what? I just need to know about this one thing. Right, right. So like, for example, someone who might be buying a house or something or a car, they'll be saying, is this a good time to, to buy a car or is this a good time to buy a house? Maybe that's like a big financial uh, you know, step they might want to take. So they might want to ask about that. And you might say, no, not now's not a good time. Maybe do it next week or like next year or something. It, do you give like a time frame? Yeah. So you look at uh, you look at that and you can say, you know what, right now it's coming up that this is not a good time for you to buy it because you have this negative planetary influence on your chart. Wait. Uh, then you, if you have a birth chart, you'll look at that too and compare it. And oh, okay. Make- you compare them, right? And yeah, definitely. So you can check back with me and don't do it now. Just wait a month and let's check back um, and decide from there. I had somebody who wanted to travel to India in March and uh, did a Prashna yesterday and it came up very negative. I said, just wait one month and contact me again and we'll see if it shows a more positive result. But right now is not the time for you to buy your tickets or do anything like that. Right, right. Um Let's look at the questions in the uh, comment section. So I have a question here regarding birth charts. I assume twins have the same birth chart, but very often we see they have very different life paths, events, timings. How do we understand this? That's a great question. Yes, that's a very good question. And this is something we get very common, commonly asked. Um, so there is something called divisional charts, okay? Because you'll have twins and, you know, they go in very different ways. So divisional charts break down the birth chart into very, very narrow sections, okay? Uh, and the divisional charts for twins will be completely different. And that, that's the guidance that it gives you into what's going to happen in their life. Uh, so divisional charts break the birth chart down into much more detail, uh, like the Navamsha chart is one that people may have heard of, but you can break it down into, you know, very minute, like seconds of difference. Um, and that gives you much more information of what's going to happen with each person. Mm, very interesting. That, that's a very good question. Yeah. Um, okay. Can you speak about the role of astrology in Garba Bandana? I, I assume that he means Garba Dun. Yeah. Garba Dun. I, I would think so also. Um, there's always good and bad times to have children, uh, especially in terms of, you know, sometimes you see a influence of the fifth house represents pregnancy and children. If you see an influence of uh, Sun or Saturn or Mars or Rahu on that, it can indicate trouble with the pregnancy and things like that. So, or if you see a strong influence of Jupiter, it can indicate, you know, wonderful things happening. So you'll look at where the planets are at at the time that you're thinking about having children and you can say okay wait one month or wait two weeks the planets can be better aligned so definitely there's a role there in uh, finding the best time to uh, 
think about having kids. Right, right. Um, okay, here's another question here. We hear that chanting can change our karma, but the chart shows the karma, which is to fructify in this lifetime. How do you understand this from your bhakti and jyotish perspective? So I guess the, the, the relationship between bhakti and, 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 and jyotish. This is a very, very important question. This is also one I get often. Um, so Krishna can change anything in our life. Krishna can minimize our karma, or I should not say minimize it. He can change it in a way that is most beneficial for us. So it comes in two ways. Number one is our own understanding of when things happen to us. Say we go through a very hellish situation, some marital problem, children get sick, we get, you know, lose our job, any of those things that can happen to any of us. Um, we, as a devotee, can see that karma in a very different way, that this is Krishna's grace by bringing, allowing us to come closer to him, mm. by allowing us to see that this obstacle is an opportunity, a great opportunity for us to grow deeper in our own spiritual life, to allow some of the layers that are covering us to fall away, to break our attachments and serve in a much deeper and more meaningful way. So that's how we can do that. How Krishna does that, the example that I give people is when we talk about karma, uh, it's like if you throw the ball against the wall, the ball is going to come back at you with the same speed and velocity that you threw it with. But when you're a devotee, you throw that ball against the wall, but Krishna catches it. And then he throws it back to you in a way that um, helps you the most. Mm. So that's where Krishna can intervene. Uh, but what I've seen in astrological charts, devotees' charts are not so dissimilar from non-devotee charts in that the accuracy of the readings is the same. Non-devotee charts, it's like always, I shouldn't say always, that's not the right word. Uh, Non-devotee charts are accurate based on the science of astrology to a significant degree. Mm -hmm. The devotee's charts can be a little bit off, but I've never seen it be, the timing may be off a little bit, but I've mm -hmm. never seen it be anything to a to degree where it changes things. So Krishna, what I've seen, not that I am just a humble devotee and giving my opinion on what I've, I've seen happen, is that our karma is used in a way to improve us and uh, it certainly can be minimized, but uh, perhaps as we advance deeper and deeper in our life, it becomes more minimized. But most of the charts that I've done, uh, it's been relatively accurate. But then, of course, the other thing is Krishna knew we were going to become a devotee, so it may be that that chart is reflecting that also. So there's many mm -hmm. factors involved in that. I think sometimes devotees go to like different astrologers, and so they're sometimes they're looking for like a certain answer that like when someone doesn't sell them what they want to hear then they go to another one and they're like okay i want to hear what you have to say about this certain thing and so and then maybe they don't like that and they go to a third so yeah. how do you understand like three people or three astrologers looking at the same person's chart at, who was born on the same day essentially same time and everything but they're looking at it in different ways is it like a doctor giving different like diagnosis of a certain 
to a certain patient, but they might have an, a difference of opinion. Can you talk a little bit about like differences between astrologers? Yeah, this is very important because um, one thing in astrology, one reason people come to an astrologer is because they're having difficulties. They're having some serious problem that they need to deal with or a serious decision that they need to make, whether it's from, you know, I got this illness, the doctor just told me I have cancer, what am I supposed to do? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the IRS is coming after me, you know, whatever it may be, my, my child started drinking, you know, any of these things. Mm -hmm. So you go to three different astrologers, it's like going to three different doctors, you get a second opinion and a third opinion. This is a very deep and complex science. So people can give you different interpretations. Um, if you go with the intention that I go to all the different people until one tells me what I want to hear, you'll find someone who does that, okay? But it may not give you the best <laughs> results. So if you're having, you know, tumor in your abdomen and you don't want surgery done and you'll go until one doctor tells you, no, you don't need surgery. Well, that may not be the best thing for you. Um, mm. But yes, it's a complex science and people can see it in different ways. And then you have to decide which uh, person you're going to rely on. And that's everybody's choice. But certainly like any science, just like in physics or chemistry, there's so many different things. People can see things in different ways. Hmm. especially in a subtle science like astrology certainly like even so so even within so i i understand what you're saying about the three you know different people looking at it um is there in within vedic astrology are there different ways of calculating like uh different different like for example if i do a prashna or no if i do a marriage compatibility there may be one one who who's looking at it in a certain way and someone else who's looking at it a certain way are there different schools of thought or schools of calculating even within vedic astrology yes vedic astrology is very vast and there's okay. many different ways of looking at i mean you're looking at the whole entirety of a human being's life you're looking at their relationships you're looking at their children, their in-laws, their parents. You know, this is at many different levels. And you're looking at the relationship of their karma. You're looking to some degree, you can see their past lives. So there's a lot of different things involved in all of this. So, yes, people can interpret it in different ways based on, you know, the same things that we do in our own life, their experience, how they've been trained, what... Uh, what they've seen happen in the past with people they've done and in terms of um, what they feel is the best thing for this person. So there's so many different factors involved that can allow different astrologers to interpret things differently. Now in your, in the way you do it, do you feel like your, your way is like, why do you feel like, um, how, why did you choose the kind of school that you practice at the moment is there a certain reason or, or that's what came down in your in your you know from your gurus or something like that i uh i chose the school i did the way i've been taught simply because many reasons it was the family it came down in a very traditional manner right i was taught by a devotee who was very strictly following uh shila and uh the results i got time after time after time were accurate. Right. So that's really the end result. If right. uh, you have, you know, someone who continuously gives you results that are 
accurately, like, well, maybe this is somebody I need to listen to. And so that's what guided me uh, to follow this uh, particular school. And I looked at other things and other ways of doing it. And if I see somewhere that, oh, okay, within this school, this technique works really well for me and gives me good results, I add it in. This is just like uh, any other field. If you don't limit yourself, it's certainly in astrology, if somebody is showing you something, oh, look, I looked in Vigo uh, Samhita and I found this ancient way of calculating longevity or whatever it may be. Mm. This works really well. I've used it with so many people. Uh, and then you would, should be willing to try things that are uh, not new is not the right word because nothing in astrology is new. Astrology, everything is ancient. You should be try, willing to try something that you don't know. Mm. And is helpful for you. This is the innovative nature of astrology. One thing I really want people to understand is astrology is very active. It's not that when these things happen in your life that this is just it, this is the way it's going to be. Astrology is very active and dynamic. Like I have people who have like really bad marital karma that if they're gonna get married, there's gonna be a divorce, there's gonna be fighting, there's gonna be affairs, there's gonna be all kinds of things. But if people get married at the right time, at the right mahurta, the planetary energies line up to help them minimize that karma. Uh, and then things can go much better. So it's always nothing is written in stone by our actions and by uh, the interventions of Krishna and choosing to do things at the right time. Karma can really be uh, transformed. Right. I want to, I want to ask you something about, um, like a personal example of my example uh, of, of my life that I'm going I'm going into a debilitated Jupiter period. So what it, can you explain what that means first of all for people De like when someone tell when astrologer says something's de debilitated a planet is debilitated. Sure. So you can first you can't really judge any chart by just one planet. You have to look at the whole thing. Because for some people, Jupiter is very good. For some people, it may not be as good. For some people, Saturn can be the most powerful planet in their chart. For some, it can be very bad. But debilitation means that, like for Jupiter being debilitated, it means it's in a certain house. It means it's in uh, sign number 10, which is Capricorn. And that means it's Brihaspati, it's not, is weakened. It's mm -hmm. like uh, if you're visiting somebody and it's not somebody you like. It's like one of your enemies in your house. So you're not going to be able to kind of be fully yourself and give your energies uh, in the way that you want to. Um, so when Jupiter is debilitated, um, it may, you know, hurt someone in their spiritual life or their mind may, may become more stressed or their wealth may decrease, any of those type of things. But then with that, there's cancellation of debilitation that can take place too. Mm. And of other planets that can balance that out very strongly. And then, you know, it's complex because it depends on which nakshatra Jupiter is in, what planetary periods are running. Uh, so many different things have an influence and all of that has to be taken into account uh, when, you, uh, when you make an interpretation. Right. And continuing on that debilitated Jupiter question, uh, an astrologer told me, another astrologer told me to, to wear a gem. So what is the what is the the role of gems in astrology? Do you do you you know recommend it or or um, and how do they work exactly? 
So when there, you know, we do upais, remedial measures that can be done to help when planets are weak. Um, and it, it varies on whether we recommend them to people or not. Um, but basically you can do gemstones, you can do certain mantras, you can do certain yagyas, all of these type of things. What you're doing is giving respect to the different planets and mm -hmm. asking them through the gemstones, you're getting the frequency of these planets is how they're working, uh, the energy of these planets. And you're giving them respect and you're asking them, please help me through this difficulty. And for devotees, I think it's, as long as it's important that they, that they do these things if they feel it's necessary, but they do it with the understanding that these are all servants of Krishna, mm. not that they are the supreme. You know, which is an understanding a lot of other people, oh yeah, all these gods, they're all the same. So as long as that understanding is there, I think it's absolutely fine to use gemstones, mantras, all of those type of things. But it varies in every devotee and in non-devotees. You know, some want to do it, some don't, some will do charity. So depending on what people want to do, uh, I will certainly recommend those at times. And you know, when you have something heavy like debilitated Jupiter, it's it's generally a good idea. I think something important to note is that when you said that these planets are personalities. Yes. So, so to, to, to relate with that personality or to like you said, to respect that personality is something important. I would say sometimes we think of it as like, okay, Krishna's God and that's it. You know, yes, that's true. He is God and he is controlling everything, but he has, He's he doesn't have anything to do like it says in the shastra you know karam karnam that he doesn't have anything to do because everything is done by his potencies and his and his cabinet members so to say so in that way the planets are his is are his uh you know helpers so to respect them and to uh maybe even ask them for help is that something someone could, like okay. like you're recommending definitely most definitely all these planets uh are there to help us even if they're Saturn, which is giving, you know, can give negative things. It's he's there to help us. Saturn is a great devotee of Lord Vishringadev, and mm -hmm. he is there to give us help and guidance in growing deeper in our own spiritual life. So whenever things happen, we have to see that these planets are there as our guides. Like you said, they're people. We can turn to them and they will help us uh, deal with our situations. Uh, and to Saturn, one of the mantras I recommend is actually a prayer Saturn himself wrote to Lord Nishringadev. Oh, wow. A lot of Vaishnavas love doing because it's so beautiful. Mm, wonderful, wonderful. Um, all right, let's see. There's some more questions in the comments here. Uh, in regards to Garbadana, when being medically done, timed, how do we assure it's a good time in regards to the planets? I assume you mean. I assume he means like a planned, uh, a planned like uh, birth, maybe. Yeah, like a C-section or something. Right, right, right. So, like, I assume that's what they're talking about. Well, if it's planned by the doctor, then you can't really assure that the time is going to be good, you know. But what you can do, um, if the doctor's like, "Well, you're doing it at seven a.m. tomorrow," well, you may not have much of a choice. But if right. you want when people are planning these type of things, a surgery or anything like that, usually they'll come to me ahead of time, say, oh, the doctor wants to do a C-section. These are the different times that are available. What's the best one? Mm -hmm. So as long as I have some notice, 
we can find the best time planetary wise for that. Right, right. Here's another question. Uh, why do ISKCON temples in India celebrate most Vaishnava holy days on a different day from all the other principal temples of Vrindavan? Um, I'm not sure how this relates to astrology, but maybe it means, um, maybe, uh, you know, like I, I think of, of, of um, the, how, how the, the, the holy days or the, the specific um, festival is, is, is might be some one day for Alachua and another for, day for New York. So how is that, uh, is there a reason that's, that's kind of calculated that way? It's just based on the titis and how, uh, things fall into place for different time zones. That's all it is. Okay. Yeah, but that's not, and I'm not sure if that's really, for the most part, for ISKCON temples are pretty much in line with what everybody else is doing in terms of timings of festivals. So. Okay, so this Prabhu Gopal Govindasham Prabhu actually said, uh, he means planned for pregnancy, not birth. So if it's a planned pregnancy, let's oh. like, so, all you need to do is you can contact me and you know i can tell you the the best times when the planets are going to be best aligned and it's basically it really depends on what this Prabhu or anyone else is looking for if you're looking for you know i want my child to be brahminically minded and very intelligent and attractive and wealthy well you can actually look to when the planets are going to be aligned the best to attract that type of a soul so yeah that can be done it's just you have enough notice that that shouldn't be really an issue at least from it from the perspective of how you align um, your activities towards pregnancy um, but uh, you know just yeah just contact me for that and we can always figure out the best ways to do that right um, something I was in something I'm super interested in about astrology is omens and I know Srila Prabhupada uh, he actually talks about, I mean, actually Achyutananda Prabhu, who wrote a book, Blazing Sadhus, in that book, he wrote about his early days with Srila Prabhupada. And Srila Prabhupada actually mentioned a lot of different omens that uh, he used when he was like going somewhere or he was coming back from somewhere. He like he wouldn't uh, travel on Ekadashi or if it was a Thursday or um, things like that. So how how much should we actually be um, taking that into account? I mean, I find it really interesting because I just think it's an interesting thing, but it's actually a part of Vedic astrology, like nimittas is like a thing. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I think those are important because the days of the week especially are very important in doing certain activities, like surgeries are best done on Tuesday and Saturday, you know legal issues are best done on a Thursday because that's the day of Jupiter. Uh, right. So definitely, depending on the type of activity you're doing, the energies of the planets will help you. Any kind of enjoyable, fun party type activity is on Fridays. That's Shukra, you know, Shukracharya's day. Right. So everything should be done based on that as much as possible. You know, we're living in the material world and we don't always get to plan things as well we as much as we want to. But uh, yeah, as much as we're able to, it's definitely good to to follow those. Right, right. Okay, here's another question. Um, what is the role of Jyotish in Ayurveda? I've heard they are interrelated. Yes, they are interrelated because you can see a person's dosha based on their astrological chart. And you can see if they have too much, you know, of any of the doshas that they need a little bit of... Uh, 
adjustment here or there. And that, that helps. Actually, Prabhupada gave, uh, this is more medical than Ayurveda, but he gave one example. Um, this was on a morning walk in um, Los Angeles, December 8th, 1973, where um, a person went to the doctor and they were being treated by the doctor, but they weren't getting better. And then the astrologer said, well, the problem's not here. The problem's in this other part of the body. And then the person was healed. So definitely there's a role Ayurvedically, same way. You know, we do different Ayurvedic treatments. But if we know, okay, this person has too much kapha, whatever, you can tailor your treatment toward that. Wow. Interesting. When you were talking about, um, when we were talking about like them being personalities and like a debilitated planet is in a house where, for example, you said where they aren't, where they don't like the person. So is, is doing certain mantras and things like that essentially making that person more happy or more comfortable when it comes to the planets? What, what it's doing is that it gives that planet strength. Okay. Okay. It's giving respect. It's giving strength. It's giving, um, yeah, those two things. And then its effect is minimized. It chooses to um, minimize the effect that it's giving. This, these are the laws that these planets have to follow. These are the laws of the material nature that are there. If somebody gives you, you know, just like if you have a urinary tract infection or pneumonia, you take this particular antibiotic, it's going to get better. So same way, if you have... Uh, this debilitated planet, debilitated Jupiter, do these things, and Jupiter's obligated to make things better for you. These are the laws of nature. It has to respond. Oh, I see. Okay. Interesting. Another question here. When analyzing planetary transits, what is the difference between the studying the transits from lunar or rising star nakshatra? Okay. So that's uh, you, you study planetary transits in different ways, but transits are basically studied from the moon. Okay, so when we look at these transits, uh, we see many different things that are going to happen in a person's life. Um, the transits have less of an effect than the birth chart, the major period, and the sub period, um, but they are also something important to look at in terms of uh, what's going to happen in somebody's life. But they're looked at from from the moon, not exactly from the nakshatras. Right. Um... So the lunar the lunar calendar is 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 it true that the lunar calendar is more what's is more uh, important in Vedic astrology? Yes, every the moon is the moon is very very important. So yes, why lunar. why is that? The moon represents the mind and the emotions, uh, just like Mercury represents the intellect. So the mind and the emotions are. In, if we understand in our own scriptures, are the root cause of suffering and happiness in this world. Uh, when the mind is under control, um, when the mind is focused on Krishna, our life, even though it materially may be difficult, it goes well. And we could have all the opulence in the world, but if the mind is disturbed, uh, we're not happy. So that's why there's a lot of focus on doing things from the moon. Mm. Um, when it comes to astrology, like something I something I appreciate about you, Prabhu, is that you're a devotee of Krishna and you're an astrologer. So we can go to so many astrologers who are like really, really good, who are known as really good Vedic astrologers, but who are not necessarily devotees. So uh, of Krishna, rather. So 
what would you say to someone who can say, okay, Radhikesh Prabhu is a great astrologer, but so-and-so is, is a, is a, is a even better and more famous astrologer, but he's not a devotee. Uh, how would you kind of, how would you say, what is the relationship between being a devotee, have it going to a devotee astrologer, as opposed to someone who's a secular astrologer? I think the most important thing is that as devotees, Srila Prabhupada has taught us the absolute truth. And by that, I mean, he has taught us our place in this universe, Krishna's position as the Supreme, and everybody else is his servant. And when we have that fundamental understanding of life, we can make all our decisions better based on that. So as a devotee, whether you're an astrologer or a doctor or a radio host or you know, an engineer or a lawyer, everything you're doing is in the service of Krishna. In every field, if you have somebody who is a devotee who's helping you, who's equally qualified as everyone else, uh, it's definitely better because they simply have a better understanding of the nature of this universe and how it relates. And that's in every field, not necessarily just in astrology, in everything mm -hmm. you do. Uh, I think using a, a devotee is, is more worthwhile in that. Right. Simply right. understanding what the world is all about. Right. And if someone were, if someone wanted to sexually study astrology, do you teach astrology or, or do you know other teacher or people? Is it something difficult to learn or is it easy? Like tell us a little bit about, um, about learning astrology. Uh, yes, I do teach astrology. Astrology is, I won't say it's not easy. Definitely not. It requires a lot of study. You know, yeah. it requires a lot of time. Uh, but if you're willing to put in the time to learn it, it is something, and you have the right motives behind what you're doing. Mm. It can be something that can be so valuable to the people around you. This whole world is suffering and struggling, and people need clarity. People come to me all the time for problems, say, related to, uh, you know, I had somebody come to me whose child became very sick. You know, it's going to require some major surgery to get mm. better. It could have some serious, you know, residual effects that would have been life altering. Uh, so for them, it was very valuable because it gave them clarity. Okay, I said, like, no, this is the time it'll get better. Things will be okay. You'll get through this. It gives clarity. So if you're understanding it and learning it in the right mood that, you know what, I can help people. I can give people guidance as to what's going to happen in their life and understanding that all of your knowledge as an astrologer comes through Krishna, that everything we're empowered with comes through Guru and Krishna. As long as we have that mood, we can learn astrology and become very empowered in what we do. And I'm happy to teach people uh, when they come with that uh, type of understanding. But yes, it requires a lot of time. It requires a lot of study. Uh, I'm just finishing my <clears throat> first astrology book. So I can it, um, I'm starting to understand how the level and depth of understanding that's required in astrology. I actually had to cut it down into two volumes because it became so big. Wow. When you, you, you talked about motivation. So like, can you, can you, can you tell us like what would be good motivation would be a bad motivation to study astrology? The, the best motivation is 
I want to be an instrument of kindness and compassion in this world. When we, in anything that we do, right. when we have that motivation, Krishna empowers us to do things in the proper way. So you are there, you have this very subtle knowledge, this very Brahminical knowledge, and you use that to help people to improve their material and their spiritual situation as much as possible. One thing you see when you accurately learn astrology is that you can tell people what's happened, what's in their past, you know, and then you, when you're able to tell them that, uh, then at a very accurate level, all of a sudden their faith in astrology deepens. I'll give you one example. I had one uh, girl, uh, mom and daughter come to my house. Mom was like 60, daughter's probably 30 or so at the time. So the mom got her chart done. The daughter's like, well, I don't know my birth time, but I want to get my chart done too. I was like, okay, so when you don't know the birth time, by asking a few questions, I can get it relatively close. So I asked her, I said, okay, did this happen in your life at this age when you were 16? Did this happen? And then she said, no. So we adjust the time a little bit. And then I said, oh, when you were 16 years old, did you have a, an abortion? You know? And she said, well, don't worry about it. I'll come back tomorrow and then we'll just talk about the chart then. I said, okay, no problem. That's, we'll just talk about it then. So she came back the next day and she said, how did you know I had an abortion when I was 16? Even my mother doesn't know that. Oh uh, so it allowed her to deepen her own faith in wow. the scriptures. And uh, so when we have this motivation, not a motivation of judging people, a motivation of only serving and helping people, uh, and that Krishna is allowing you to be involved in such a wonderful, wonderful field, you, that motivation, you can learn astrology because all you want to do is help. Wonderful. I mean, I, I really appreciate your your astrological, um, you know, counsel and everything. What should someone look for in an astrologer when they're like, we're thinking, okay, maybe I want to look into astrology. What should what like some things they can look for? What what's what are some red flags perhaps uh, when when looking for an astrologer? Uh, I think you know if somebody's, um, I mean, I definitely am not not criticizing anybody or speaking about anybody. In sure. Or I'm just talking in general. I mean, if somebody's like on the National Enquirer or some of these popular magazines, that's probably not the right person to go to. Right. You know, that type of thing. If they haven't had some, uh, some degree of proper training, uh, if they haven't uh, had uh, good results, like if you read their reviews and review, oh, this person told me this. and Right. The opposite happened then you know you want to be more cautious i think you use the same uh common sense and uh intelligence you do in buying anything else or choosing your doctor or anything any of those things you know and i think the person being uh, a devotee certainly <clears throat> is very helpful uh, mm -hmm. you use the same red flags you use with choosing anybody else you know i mean a good thing about ast astrology is that you can basically look at the results like if someone or if someone even or if you tell me okay you went through this at this time and this and and when you were saying about that girl like it gave her a little bit more faith in astrology when you told her like okay um you, this happened to you at this point in time and then this happened to you and then like you did that for me like i remember you told me a few things that i like wow only someone only you would like no one would know that like uh, that i went through that at that time in my life 
you know, like a certain surgery or a certain something or other. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a really interesting thing that results, you can look at the results. Like if you're, if you tell me this is going to happen at a certain point in my life and it does happen, that increases my faith in you, that increases my faith in astrology and in trying to, um, you know, basically bring an umbrella when it's, when it's going to rain essentially. Exactly. Exactly. Very, very cool. Um, so Prabhu, I'd like to, I'm really like to thank you for this. I mean, uh, I, I really appreciate your 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 astrological outlook and all the you know different outlooks on astrology that you have. Um, if someone wants to get in touch with you, uh, they can go to your website. Is that a good way? That that's a good way. Radhikeshdas.com. Okay. Instagram. Okay. You're on Instagram and you're on Facebook as well by the uh, by the same name. And um, if anyone has any questions, uh, please direct them at uh, Radhikesh Prabhu. He's he's on Messenger. He's on email. He's he has you have, you have his website info. And uh, that's 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 great. Do you have any anything any closing words, Prabhu, for our listeners? No, I, I'm very happy to be able to do this. My whole goal in all the interviews I do and talking to people is to really let everyone know that astrology is a Vedic science. It's very accurate and it can help you in your material life. So it's something, if you're having a problem, you need clarity, you have children, you have marriage, any of those things, there's so many ways you can use it, but you know, please consider it as something that may be helpful for you. Wonderful, thank you so much. Thank you, appreciate it. That's episode 36 of the Late Morning Program with Namras and uh, thank you everyone, have a great evening. Haribo. Thank you Prabhu. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. You can stay on. Okay.